The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. And so when I have women say to me, oh, bless your heart, you have six children. <laughs> I get that. I know what they mean about that. But, you know, they're, oh, I could never do that. Or I could never take in a foster child. But when you're in prayer, He just takes you beyond that boundary that you set for yourself. Mm. And He enables That's you to good. do things you could have never, back to Diane's yeah. first, that you could have never deemed possible. Sheila Walsh spends Wednesdays in the Word with four ladies with a shared passion for the forgotten children. Next. I'm Sheila Walsh. Welcome to Wednesdays in the Word. We're doing something a little bit different. Um, a few months ago, I was invited to go to something at the White House, which is clearly a huge honor, but I was really, really busy. And I thought, Lord, I, I don't think I can fit that into my schedule. But I kept feeling compelled to go. So um, I moved a couple of things around and, and I flew up and I knew I'd be meeting with um, four other women. And we agreed that we'd maybe have kind of a late breakfast before we went to the thing. And honestly, when I got there, and met these women, I thought, oh, that's why I was there. I mean, the meeting at the White House was fantastic. But for me, the reason I was there was to meet these four amazing women. So I invited them in the middle of their crazy busy schedule to fly in here and to spend a couple of Wednesdays in the Word with us. So I'm going to introduce you to them. First of all, we have Diane Strack. Hi. Then we have Lynette Zell. We have Stephanie White. And we have Christy... Is it Hag or Hague? I hear Hag, Hog, but it's Hague. It's but Hague. But I, I miss Hog all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk to me about that. Did you guys all know each other before we, we met on that particular day? And if you did, how were you connected? Well, you know, I, I just want to... Because you were kind of the them. catalyst. Yeah, and, and the kind of the cool thing was that I'd been told to invite 20 women to the White House. So I got this list and prayed and... 20 women. And then two days later, I got a call that said, only in, you can only bring four plus yourself. So I was like, that's great. People just lost 18 friends or however, 16 <laughs> friends. Uh, and so I began to pray and to really pray about it and ask the Lord, who should I bring? And these five were who the Lord gave me. I didn't even realize it until you invited us out here and I started putting everybody's bios together. We all, well, I guess I did, but not as at that moment. We all do the same thing. We're all uh, passionate for children, for families, mm -hmm. for trafficking victims, for feeding. And so we all sort of, you know, join your heart. And they are amazing women. And I can't wait for you to hear all yeah. of their stories. Okay. So let me just, um, Stephanie, you're the baby. I am the baby. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty impressive. You're an adoption attorney. Tell me a little bit about what you do. Well, I do, um, actually, I, I do several different things as adoption attorney. I, um, I help people who are looking to adopt a child who maybe have gone through miscarriages or are not able to have a child or maybe just want to open their home to another child. And so I connect them with a, with a woman or maybe a family who is not the right time to have a child. And it's just really, it's a really neat, wonderful way to connect um, two, two people families or yeah. two people who have experienced some type of loss because there's some there's some loss that 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 a, that a family cannot have a child and there's a loss of a woman who maybe you know it wasn't the right time or in and, and she's grieving too because she has to either place her child for you know place her child for adoption which is yeah. a hard thing to do yeah 
So I, I help to connect those two people. And I also um, represent kids in the foster care system, kids who have gone through really tough situations and really tough um, lives. And, and I um, get to meet with them and talk to them and then go to court and represent them. So That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a lot more I want to ask you, but I want to give each one of the girls a chance to. So, um, yeah, Lynette, would you tell me, your husband, um, is he head of the North American Missions Board? Yes. Mm -hmm. So tell me about what you guys do and what the main thing that God has laid on your heart as what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Well, the main thing that we do is um, just support churches and start, we start 20 new churches a week in North America and Puerto Rico. Wow. Right. And then if there's a disaster, we're there. We're the yellow shirts. And so we are there. Um, for instance, for every 10 meals the Red Cross serves, we've, we've made eight of those. So we're kind of under the radar. Uh, wow. Just that's, so when people see a Red Cross thing on TV, and I mean, I've done that, and it's like text this to, yes. so that's actually you that's probably providing most of those? We, right, we don't get their funds. We just help them, and we cook the meals. We have big trucks, uh, send relief trucks. Send relief is a branch of what we do at the North American Mission Board, which also includes foster care, helping children in, in poverty, sex trafficking, and uh, anything to awaken the church to the needs around us and to encourage the church to get out of the pew and to put legs on our faith. So you don't get the money, you just <laughs> provide the money. There's something a little wrong there, people. They stay in the cots in the church, right? While wow. everybody else is in the hotel. <laughs> okay, we might be redirecting where we're getting our giving from this point onward. But do you find that the churches are responsive to that message of getting out of the pews and doing something? Um, honestly, I'm seeing the church wake up to that. When I say to, when we say to churches, there are half a million foster children in the United States. Mm -hmm. Okay, the church is enough to fix that. Yes. Because if we put one foster child in every evangelical church in North America, we don't have orphans. We don't have any foster children left in the system. Do you mind repeating that just one more time? Right. So we have a half a million children in the foster care system in the United States. A half a million. Okay. If one church, one evangelical church in North America, every one church would take one foster child, support that foster family, raise up one foster family, support them, do wraparound care, mm. we have solved the crisis. Wow. The church is enough. Mm. That, what's fascinating about that is it's not finding 10 families within the church. No. It's just mm -hmm. a, if the church one. would take one child. No, mm -hmm. it's not brain surgery. Yeah. Gosh, you really, I mean, if you read scripture, it's really clear yes. that we're yes. supposed yes. to be the answer for mm -hmm. everything. That's right. Mm -hmm. Psalm 68, 6. That's mm -hmm. right. He's a father to the fatherless yeah. mm -hmm. and he places the lonely in families. That's God's plan. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, if people wanted to access your website yes. as opposed to the other one, which we love and support. But <laughs> how would you, where would they go for that? The best place to go for that, to give to Restoring Dignity, which helps our foster children, or to send relief, or to help disaster relief or sex trafficking, is sendrelief.org. Sendrelief.org. S-E-N-D, relief.org. Okay, wow. So Christy, hug. Um, <laughs> your husband is president of One More Child Foundation. Mm -hmm. But you, I mean, I've seen, I went online and you're all over the place. I mean, you're in Africa, you're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit of, of what you're doing and your heartbeat, because you are mm -hmm. very, you're also, you know, the thing that, I rem that touched me most mm -hmm. about you when we met and talked was 
your stance in prayer. Mm. Your face down on the floor, Thank stance you. in prayer. Thank you. Talk I, to us a little bit who I you are. I take prayer very seriously. Because <laughs> it's the front. And, and I have such a deep respect. We all are part of the big puzzle. I mean, it takes all of us. But um, we love what we get to do. This year we'll provide 7 million meals to children all over the world. We work in 13 countries all over the United States. Diane and I work very closely together. I'm on and, the board. Yeah, there. we love her. She's <laughs> awesome. We're crazy together. <laughs> We're crazy all over the world together. But um, a, pa a passion of ours is feeding children physically and spiritually. It's hard to beat someone over the head with the gospel when they're hungry. You know, I can't, I can't. So we're, we're big in feeding. We're very big in anti-child sex trafficking. We were the first licensed state, state licensed um, safe home in the state of Florida. Wow. And God's just blowing up um, the ministry that we have uh, thousands of kids in foster care and our Christian foster care homes. And I'm in total agreement. Mm -hmm. She and I are passionate about, we, we can take care of every child, every child in the United States. We can absorb that so easily. Mm -hmm. if, if pastors will get up, the lead pastor will get up in a church and say, I need one family. That's right. Just give me one family. Okay, we're going to do a show Seriously. on that a lot. <laughs> give me we're one definitely going to show and on we can just absorb that one all thing. those kids. Mm -hmm. And our goal in Florida is to absorb all those children. Mm -hmm. But And then we have a, a very large um, single moms ministry mm -hmm. who Diane has written amazing curriculum yes. for. Yes, mm -hmm. the curriculum is phenomenal. I just used it in Romania. I, we, we have anti-trafficking and we work in 13 countries. So I just taught it in Romania. I've used it in Uganda, all over the world. It's, it's powerful. I've seen God pluck children out of Satan's hand. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's, that's the joy. I mean, there are I could write books. I've been in this 40 years, write books on the tragedy. Years? My dad's worked at a children's home for 40 years. Wow. And my husband actually has PhDs in finance. We were in the business world. We did very well financially in that world. And then God said, I think you're supposed to do this. And so I'm the one who drug my feet because I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I grew up in the ministry. You don't know. But, but we your, love it. How did your adventure with understanding the power, the power of prayer grow? Well, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to tell the story we were talking about earlier. Um, I, I, grew up, I, have, I come from a long line of Christ followers. I mean, I've had it modeled for me for years. Mm -hmm. But my precious grandmother, my nana, when she was 90, was brutally attacked by a 19-year-old. I won't go into details just for my family, but just the worst you can imagine. And um, I crawled up in bed with her in, at the hospital the morning after. And I remember her asking me to pray for that young man. And I was like, I cannot pray for him <laughs> right now. It took me a while. She begged us to pray for him. And she, she reached out to his mother and mm -hmm. I think I just saw it modeled for so long that, you know, we say we believe in prayer, but in the moment, mm -hmm. do you really right. believe in prayer? Mm -hmm. And she was, she wanted us to truly pray for that young man. And so I've, I've been around in my life and then 10 years, I brought my son. 10 years ago, my husband started asking us to, to pray big. He basically that. said, let's don't put any boundaries on Jesus. Let's just pray big. Give us a world for children. That's right. Mm -hmm. And wow. so, and that's what we all do. Mm -hmm. We started just literally, I mean, praying big and saying, we're not going to box you in. So we all have our little definition of what we think, childcare and mm -hmm. rescuing children. Mm -hmm. And God's just been blowing us away ever since. And story after story of truly children plucked out of 
Satan's hand. That's right. Okay, I want you all just to feel free to kick in any point here because I'm thinking of viewers at home and I've had letters recently saying, you know, I'm just not good at prayer. You know, I'm, you know, or I've prayed sometimes and God doesn't answer, so why bother? Mm. What would you say to that, any of you? You know, I think if we only look at prayer as I need an answer, that maybe that's where we get stuck because mm -hmm. it becomes this wonderful adventure. I love it when Christy says, I prayed for you last night and I feel encouraged and I feel mm -hmm. excited. Mm -hmm. I love it when I have a lonely morning and I'm in the word and the Lord says, pray for so-and-so and call her. And he just gives me that direct. And it, it is just this beautiful relationship with Christ. And so when we're focused on, I need an answer, I think sometimes we're focusing on, I want that answer. Right. And we get into the whole wrong right. place. And so when we focus on just this wonderful time of worship and loving him and really praying for other people, I mean, mm -hmm. how am I connected to these ladies? We pray for each other mm -hmm. and we yeah. love each other. And really praying for other people changes your whole prayer life. Yeah. And you begin to realize, maybe I didn't need that, or maybe I didn't even want that. Or maybe the Lord has something so much bigger. All last year, I signed every letter of Ephesians 3.20 and yes, said, never, never settle, never settle in your life, but continually say, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what I need yeah. and what I ask. And so people who focus prayers only on God's not answering are really missing. Perhaps his answer is so much bigger and yeah. so much more wonderful and so much more amazing. Mm -hmm. And you may have to wait for it. And yeah. we're not a we're not a culture that is accustomed to waiting. No, we're not. <laughs> you know, and so you may have to wait for it. But um, you know, prayer is a wonderful journey. And I know yeah. each of them has amazing stories like that. Let me that. just tell you one thing, which is so sweet last night, because I was supposed to be having dinner with these girls. <laughs> and at the last minute, my sweet little Yorkie Maggie was having trouble breathing. So I had to quickly text Marissa, who books all our guests, and she's just adorable, and say, could you, and then I get this note from you. Oh. saying, you know, I'm praying for you yeah. and I'm praying for your dog. But the part you don't know was Marissa had to call the restaurant and say, I'm sorry, we're going to cancel this reservation. And the guy at Mr. G's at the Hyatt in DFW Airport said, um, oh, why? And he's, so the, the guy that answered the phone at Mr. G's said, can I pray for them? Yeah. And he stopped and prayed for us. Aww. And I thought, we, I think we... We don't realize the impact yeah. it has on the lives of other people right. mm -hmm. when we say, um, you know, we're, gonna, we're praying for you. And if you say it, do it. Yes. Yes. Right. yes, yes. When you say to someone, oh, I'll be praying for you. And then, you know, so I've really begun to be, I don't care if I'm in the airport. I don't mm -hmm. care if I'm in wherever I am, a restaurant. Mm -hmm. When I sense somebody has a need, I'm yeah. going to say, stop, let's pray right now. You yeah. are the I'm queen of that. You. If yeah, I you call are. you. You say, let's pray right now, and yeah. that means yeah. the world. And, and I've tried to model that. You've been so good for me with that. What about you, Lynette? What, is your, what would you throw into that whole discussion of people who just feel like they almost treat prayer like a last resort, like I'll try and do this, and if that, and if that doesn't work, then I'll just pray about it. Right. How has your own adventure with prayer impacted your life? You know, I grew up very simply, and I remember getting up for the school bus. My parents were new believers, and my mom was praying by the sofa. And she, wow. so she, she wasn't opening the word and teaching me to memorize scripture, and, but she prayed. Wow. And so I, I carried that all through my life. And then when the Lord began to move in our heart to open our home, expand our boundary, as the Lord tells us in the Old Testament, to take in children. You have three adopted children. I you? do. We have six total. We have three adopted. <laughs> and I have two adopted grandchildren as well. My, our wow. older kids bought into it. Wow. I know. And so it's become generational. So it's just what we do, right? But I just... Um, to praying through that is the only way I could live outside of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so when I have women say to me, oh, bless your heart, you have six children. <laughs> I get that. I know what they mean about that. But, 
you know, they're, oh, I could never do that, or I could never take in a foster child. But when you're in prayer with the Lord, when you're, when you're in prayer, He just takes you beyond that boundary that you set for yourself. Mm. And He enables That's you to good. do things you could have That's never, right. back to Diane's yeah. verse, that you could have never deemed possible. Yeah. Yeah. Ephesians 5, you know, live in line with the Spirit. Wow. And, and in prayer is when we do that. One of our children that we brought home, we just really struggled, struggled in school and she was starving, literally swollen belly and stick arms. Mm. And so we had a long journey of healing. And I remember the Lord just impressed upon me, do like your mom. And I just every night got beside that child's bed, dug a hole in the carpet and stuck my nose in it. And it was just face down. And I said, Lord, would you just heal her mind? Would you heal her body? Would you just heal her, Lord? Because I didn't have those tools. No. We had all professionals helping us, great teachers, but we needed a total healing. And it's incredible to see how far the Lord has brought her. Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's powerful. And for her to see that oh. too. You know, I know that in my own life that when I was growing up, you know, I walked in my sleep every night. I mean, I would yes. hide in the toy box, but my mom, she would lay her hands on me at yes. night and pray mm -hmm. and say, for this least likely, Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think the Lord loves to do that. He does. Now, you spend a lot of your time in the courtroom. Yes, ma'am. Um, how has prayer impacted what you do as an attorney? You know, I um, grew up with a, with a really godly father and I always would hear him talk to himself. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I was like, what He's in the praying. world is he doing? And he was praying and he was like, da, 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 Lord, forgive me. Da, da, da. I was like, what? And it, was, it embarrassed me at times. I was like, oh my goodness, dad, stop, stop, just stop. Because he would talk to himself. But that is, he was talking to God the whole time. And I think that, and that's how I get through court. I get through my life. I get, you know, as we all know, life is tough and mm -hmm. there's ups and downs and we're doing, we're doing God's will. Sometimes that's when the toughest stuff happens is yeah. we're opening up saying, well, use us, Lord, and then Satan just attacks us. And so we have to be continually in prayer and just, and I, I try not to talk out loud, but when I'm in court, you know, I just, I just pray for my clients. I pray for the kid, the, the, the um, child I saw yesterday who is nine years old, whose sister just got murdered. I mean, in front of her eyes. I mean, I pray for those mm -hmm. kids and be with those kids, but it's just continual and prayer throughout the day, but I think what I have gained so much in this past couple of years is the peace that comes from praying all the time. Yeah. Wow. You know, we don't know what's happening tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen, right. especially, you know, in, in a year or in uh, what's going to happen, but we do know that God's going to be with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what is the only thing that keeps me going. Yeah. So. No, it's interesting. Um, I had the privilege as well as Diane's husband of being at Dr. Billy Graham's funeral. And someone had asked Billy some time ago, you know, who's the next Billy Graham? And he said, we all are, the mm. church. And I see that in oh, you girls, yeah. that we are all gonna raise up mm -hmm. and begin to actually live out what mm -hmm. we say we believe. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I, I love to do, and it's very much the heart of all these girls, mm -hmm. is that the heartbeat of life today is that because God has touched our lives, we wanna touch the lives of, of other people and other children. So I wanna show you a story that I believe you wanna do something about. Would you watch this with me? What you're seeing here is a result of the terrible drought. They have not seen enough rains, their crops have failed, and this village is in desperate need. They have about two weeks worth of supplies, if they're lucky. And this is just an example of many villages in this area. It really breaks God's heart to see these people suffering like this. This is Maria. Maria is a mother of six children, but only three of them are still on this earth. You might be able to tell all around me that the crops this year have completely failed. 
so she's not able to feed them with anything she has. She literally has to dig around to see if she can find some roots, anything to be able to feed her children. I can't imagine what it must be like for a mom to have to bury three children. And not only that, but to have to watch three children die because of malnutrition. This is her boy. She only has one boy left. He's 12 years old. And she said to me, I'm so worried about him because he's getting so thin and he has a cough and I see the signs. <coughs> see, that's the hard thing. She said when she went to bed at night, her prayer is, God, will you please show me what to do? Or would you send somebody to help me? I was able to tell her, God heard your prayer. And that's why we're here. That's what this is all about. Mission feeding is all about an urgent need right now for families who go to sleep hungry at night, but still believing in a God who answers prayer. We can be the answer to that prayer for this young mom. I really, in my heart, I just feel it's time for us to get real about why we're on this earth. You and I are here at this point in human history and it's not an accident. And we have been called to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We've been called to be those who reach out. We've been called to go beyond our comfort zone. How can you look at Christ on the cross and then settle for a comfort zone? Everything about his life, he chose, he intentionally chose a path of suffering so that you and I could be reunited with the Father. Now, the, the consequence of that is that then we see everybody differently. We're not just waiting for Christ to come and get us out of here. You know, we are here to make a difference. And I, it's such a privilege on behalf of you to be able to go to these countries. And we're going to be going back soon. But when you see and you go with a mom and you literally with her get down on your hands and knees and scrape through the dry dirt looking for anything that she could possibly cook up that night for her children, but there's no protein. And as a mom, to have buried three children, we went to that massive gravesite where all the little graves are filled. And every mom has left some little thing. Some have left a little plastic bottle, some have left one little, just something to say, my child lived and that's where they are. But we want to stop that now in Jesus' name. And the thing is, we can do it if you will help us, if you'll stand with us. We've, we've tried to make it doable for everyone, whether you're a teenager or whether you're retired. So $30 will provide meals for three children for months. $30 for three children, $50, five children, $100, 10 children for months. Our prayer and our commitment to our partners who are boots on the ground there in Africa, day in, day out, 24 seven, is that we will continue to feed 400,000 children. That's what we wanna do this year. And we can do it. It's not difficult if we'll all make a commitment to do something. When I go back, I wanna be able to tell the people who work for and with us, listen, we will never ever let the line of children lining up for food be longer than what we have to give, but we can do it together. So would you go to your phone? Would you dial that number on your screen? You can go online, but just if we all commit to, together to do the best we possibly can, and maybe you think, well, what I can give, it's not that much. Remember what Jesus said, that woman who dropped the coin in? 
what she gave was more than anybody that day because it cost her. So let's make a decision. It's going to cost us all a little bit. What a privilege in Jesus' name. In impoverished and drought-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face severe malnutrition, even death. With your support, Life's Mission Feeding Outreach can save lives by feeding and caring for children in the hardest-hit areas of Angola, Mozambique, and South Sudan. With previous reserves gone and mission feeding helping in areas with severe crop failure, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for three full months. And with your gift of any amount, we'll send you Proverbs Power, Successful Communication. This powerful CD series, along with study guide featuring Stephen K. Scott, unveils the secrets to incredible wisdom found only in the book of Proverbs. This series will give you the tools to transform your relationships in life. With your gift of $100 or more, request the complete Proverbs Power Library featuring five power-packed sessions that include the power of vision, breaking through mediocrity, and much more. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request the Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. Just look at this little child's arms. Look at how, at two years old, his arms are hardly any thicker than what my thumb is. A child that weighs nothing, a child that is wasting away. If you look into his eyes, there's a lifelessness there. You say, but how do we change that? What, what do I do? I'll tell you what you can do. You can give a gift right now that is literally a gift of life. But more importantly, even than just one child, you can reach out and you can give that gift to multiple children, to children out in the villages where there isn't enough food, children that haven't got to malnutrition clinics yet, but we'll be here very soon if we don't do something about it. Act now, because if we get to them in those villages, if we meet them before they're in this condition, we know we can save them. We do it time and time and time again. We can guarantee that we save their lives. Please, do your very best today, because that gift is a gift of life. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I'm so grateful you girls came down. Dallas is brighter today because you're here. <laughs> Thank you for having us. And I loved what you shared, that if every church in America yes. took one foster child mm -hmm. and did, what did you call it, wraparound? Wraparound care. Wraparound care. I love that, that there would be no problem. You can, we're going to show you that the websites um, of all these women and the amazing things they're doing. And I think the thing that I get from everyone is we can all do this, That's right. no matter where you are today, every single one of us. And when we begin to pray big, mm -hmm. things change. That's right. So God bless you girls. I'm gonna try and talk them into staying for one more show. And I'll see you <laughs> next time on Wednesdays in the Word. God bless you.
Even when things aren't bad, we're worried about when the next shoe is going to drop. A woman's guide to fighting fear, wrestling worry, and overcoming anxiety. Tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.